Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And we have on Chris Rush, and he is with All Hands on Deck Media, which I love the name because it reminds me of All Hands on Deck, All Hands on Deck. (laughs) Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, my man, and thanks for having me on the show. I'm real excited about it. And I've got Julie in the background, and she's always on praying. And I'm sure Julie's yep. going to have some questions and stuff, but why don't you tell us a little about your organization, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. Sure. Uh, well, again, thanks for having me on the show. And so, uh, well, about three year, about four years ago, I was uh, I was working with youth, and I was working with youth in the city, and we were meeting weekly, praying, you know, uh, praying for kids in the city, and we were working with kids. As we began to pray, the Lord began just to point us and nudge our hearts to the issue of abortion. We just started praying on that more and more. And before you know it, I just was seeking the Lord on the issue of child sacrifice. At the time, the Kermit Gosnell trials were going on. And uh, you may be familiar with that. Kermit Gosnell was an abortionist in Philadelphia who um, had a court case. And, and at the time, I, started, I just started listening to talk radio, and people were talking about the case every, you know, every two hours there's some new guy talking about it. And, you know, my heart was gripped. Like, are we really discussing, you know, uh, is it okay to snip a baby's neck from this position or that position? I mean, is this real? Is this happening? <laughs> you know, and I was just crying out like, God, you know, what, what's the, what are we going to do? This isn't right. I know that you're real. I know that your power is real. I know that you're, that, you know, that we say that we are all, you know, all the things we could quote in the Bible, what's going on. And, in that season of just seeking the Lord, I saw a vision. I had a vision of a word. It was hashtag all hands on deck. And I don't know if you ever had one of those moments where God showed you something and just like the download comes. And he began to tell me that I'm calling the church, the, the pastor, the janitor, the children's worker, everybody, to begin to engage the issue of abortion head on. And, and if you do it right, you can put an end to it even in four years. And... Um, <laughs> and so around that, so got that word. And so I kind of went on the journey to kind of inventory the pro-life movement, kind of see what was going on, inventory the abolition movement. And I kind of just looked around and see what's working, what's not working. And just took some time to pray and seek the Lord for an answer. And, um, that's when he gave me, it seems like he gave me four steps to end abortion. Um, and, um, those four steps, if you want me to keep going, are, um, the first one is prayer, that he was saying, and please cut me off anytime you're ready because I can rant for a minute, you know? <laughs> but, no, go no, right ahead. Please tell us. <laughs> the first step was uh, prayer, that he was saying that we're not crying out on the level that we should. We're not praying like we should as personally, as uh, families, as a church, and as, a, you know, a regent. And, uh, and he began to point his finger on, I had a friend at that around this time, She's in her was in her mid twenties and she got pneumonia and for two months straight, literally she could have died. Like every day, no one knew she we were gonna get the phone call that Amy died. 
And so if you can imagine, you know, uh, this, you know your, the local 24-year-old 20, darling in your church is dying. You know, the church was going crazy. People are praying. People, people are making wristbands. People are going to prayer meetings. People are at the hospital. And literally, there's an abortion clinic, you know, literally like four blocks away from the hospital she was at. And I heard the Lord one time I was at the hospital, and he says, Chris, I appreciate what you guys are doing for her. But if she dies, she'll be before me, and she got 24 years. No one's crying out on this level for the kid that's scheduled to get killed today. And so we, I see that the first step is, you know, we try to get churches to, you know, pray about abortion on Sunday. And we're just calling people into a greater level of uh, crying out. So um, the step two that he showed us was going to the clinic. Uh, he really just put his finger and going into the clinic, uh, and what he was saying that going to the clinic is a love your neighbor issue. That it wasn't necessarily um, a, a calling because we know the time and date that they're going to kill our neighbor. And so it's almost like, well, we just got to go and do something. And even if we go to hold a sign, to uh, to pray, to worship, to just even stand there, your your presence is a witness to the girls going in. Uh, and, and, to, and, and to the environment, and the, your praying can have an impact. And I've had people mock me before, you know, there on the weekdays, the guys would be like bringing their girls in, like, well, if it's so bad, why are you the only one out here? You know, it's a witness of our lack of, our, our lack of attention to it as a witness. And imagine if we had a movement, if 10% of your local church, a 10% of the, the church in your state began to go to the abortion clinic, we kind of did the math here in Minnesota, and we, like, extremely did it conservative. Like we, I don't, I, there's million. I mean, we said, we, we, we pretended, we said, let's say there's 100,000 real believers in, in Minnesota, which is, it's got to be more. And we, if we took even 10% of that, that means you got 2,500 people at each abortion clinic three times a week. I mean, the sign that that can happen within the culture and to a girl driving in who is thinking about abortion, you know, and she's like, wow, look at all these people, black, white, young, old, <laughs> crying out. All right, so the third step, what he said was, um, everyone get loud, um, getting loud. And we say, you know, this is where, you know, we all have our gifts and talents. You know, obviously yours is radio and communication. That's, that's your guys' deal. Um, some people are writing blogs, singing songs, a pastor, what he does, somebody who likes to go out to the streets and knock on doors. We all have our individual gifts and platforms begin to use that to cry out for the, um, bring attention to the issue of child sacrifice. And that's different than, you know, like we all, all those people could go to the clinic. Like I tell people all the time, me going to the clinic is not like what I like to do or my calling. I do radio too as well. Uh, you know, I have a leadership of anointing, so I try to gather churches together, and that's what we're doing with all hands on deck. Uh, so, yeah. So, and then the fourth step, he said, was demand the total abolition of abortion. At the church, we must no longer talk about, you know, regulations, restrictions, blah, blah. You know, just ask what we want. We want abortion now, in now, abortion in, you know, I'm sorry, uh, abolish abortion now, in abortion now. Just if we have one unified call, now we're not calling for, you know, a 20-week ban or defund Planned Parenthood. We've got one, you, one call. Now, we understand that the left and we understand that this culture is not going to give in to that. But if we have one call and we keep hitting that same spot, that same wall over and over and over, then it has to give way, you know. And so uh, 
that's a little bit about who we are. So, you know, I, I, that's a little bit what God spoke. So what we're as all hands on deck, you know, we're an organization that's trying to just kind of leave that together. So I'm trying to gather pastors together uh, to give them this vision that we can see this end. If we just come together and we could do it, if we do this, these steps right, we could do it, we could end this thing. So we want to have, you know, pastors gatherings, concerts. We want to be people that are rallying marches. And not just like your generic marches, but for real, like seriously. We were talking about the other day, yesterday, in one of our meetings. When we get to that place, we're not there yet. But politically speaking, what does it look like when you have a thousand people cycling out while your local uh, legislation, when your local state legislation is in session, you know, every day, a thousand people showing up talking about abolition. I mean, it makes an impact, you know. And so, uh, yeah, there we go. I'll just stop there. Yeah, well, I totally agree. And um, I want you to explain a little of the difference between, you know, when you say pro life, okay, every Christian. <laughs> believes they're a pro-lifer, but the organization itself, when you really start looking into it, um, I was explaining to somebody the other day, it reminds me of one of those dog commercials, you know, where they have this mangy dog that's all sick and everything else, you know, saying, send us money, send us money, (laughs) but you you know the money's not going to the dog, the money's not going to take care of anything, they just keep on doing these things so they can keep making money. And that's kind of what the pro-life organization as itself kind of uh, uh, has slipped into where, I mean, I, I was reading up on, you know, the, the bill in Kentucky and the, what they're doing, you know, that in Texas where, where they're actually going against, you know, they're trying to abolish the, you know, abortion in Texas, but yet pro-life is saying, oh, no, 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 we don't want to abolish it because we want to make sure the woman still can, and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're missing the point here, you know, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we want rid of it completely, not to say, I mean, you know, they might as well just join Planet Parenthood and, mm-hmm. you know, and work at yeah. clinic. Hold on. I want to make up one point right now, too, just because of a paper I did for college and statistic-wise, because I could hear the argument right now on uh, rape victims, um, other victims that things might have happened. And my statistics that I did research for said that there was only if 1%. 1% rape victims. If 1%. And I, hold I, on. Have an inter- I have an interview coming up with a rape victim who chose to have her child and is w- living a wonderful life. And, you know, it's, hey, it, it all depends on if you want to follow me, God's law or not. Let me say one thing, too, that I learned from statistic-wise on these papers was that they used to have uh, coming back from 1969 but, and on, they used to have 9% that were available for adoption. Yep. But because of abortion, we are now down to, if, again, 1% even available for adoption. So that means that those people out there that are really uh, trying hard, can't have children, don't even have the ability to adopt because yep. they're not there. 
So I just wanted hey, to bring that up right when you were talking about that. I, I, I want to say this, too, because before we go any further, um, you know, if, if somebody's out there listening and they've had an abortion, you know, God will forgive them if they repent and ask for forgiveness. And if, and if there's somebody out there today that's thinking about having an abortion, you know, contact us. Because we have people, um, episode 39, Beverly Klein is with Living Alternatives, and she, she's got a ton of sources to send you to where they can actually come have the baby and decide if they want to keep the baby or give it up for adoption. And, and you know, it just goes on and goes on. So there is, there is other alternatives beside abortion, you know, or like Dr. Alveda King's uh, uh, said, uh, we did an interview with her, and, you know, abortion is not health care, you know, and that's what a lot of people are treating it like it is. But, uh, okay, go ahead, Chris. I also um, want to just challenge, because of what happened to me, um, I did end up at a young age having an abortion, but there was one guy that was just a friend that had mentioned, and this was a good godly, a godly youth said, let me have the child. He asked. And so I just want to challenge anybody out there that wants to take up this position. Um, maybe you're the one that needs to approach people and uh, say that same thing. So, Absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, one of my lines that I say with the 10 seconds that I have with girls walking up. You know, I say, hi, my name is Chris. I'm not, you know, here to be mean, but please don't regret this for the rest of your life. Uh, there's help across the street. I'll adopt your baby. This is murder. And uh, I don't, you know, and I try to, and, and no, people stop and they sometimes mock. And they're like, you're really going to adopt my baby? And I was like, yes, yes. I, you know, and so, you know, as saying that is very powerful. There is no excuses. You know, at one level, there's no excuses, but some people are so darkened in their mind, they go, I can never do that. And you're looking at them like, what? What, what, what do you mean? I can never give up my baby for adoption. And I'm like, but you're here doing this. Like, <laughs> this is very, it's very yeah, go ahead. You, you sound like I, you wanted I, to say something. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, you don't really understand it sometimes, just speaking for the woman's point of view. Uh, maybe you know it's wrong, but you're not, you're not really, you're just kind of going forward in the motion. And uh, my experience is, ladies, if you're thinking about right now, you're going to end up, you're going to probably even be in that clinic right now regretting it, feeling like a herd of cattle because that's all you are. They're just hurting you through. Those doctors, they don't care. And so take a moment, look at your other options, and realize that for my instinct or for what happened to me, I carried anger and didn't even realize it for 11 years. I shoved it down. And then 11 years later, I had to deal with it, and God did heal me, and God did send me to a class um, 
where they allow, if, you know, uh, one of those group classes where all the right. girls there are working through it together. And uh, many different circumstances. But ladies, just, there are, there is other alternatives. So just wanted to put out some information there. Go on. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, um, I, you know, I've, I can I can't add to, to that, but what I'll go back to your original question about uh, the difference, you know, between pro life and that. You know, this is the this is the the sad thing is is that that's over time over the last forty years, it has abortion, you know, child sacrifice has been relegated to the sidelines. That people have felt powerless. People feel like, well, you know, this is just a way of life. There's nobody with vision. The leaders in the pro-life movement don't have a real, a real vision for victory. They have a vision for waiting till I don't know what when. So Supreme Court nominee gets in, right? And now you know, blah blah blah. There's no, there's no Martin Luther King. There's not somebody really helping paint a, a picture of victory. And so they fall into just, well, hey, let's just maintain. Hey, we don't really, you know, let's not shake the boat. And we and 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 people check the box. I mean, it's the very ups- I mean, obviously we know that. I mean, not we obviously, but you know, if you're in, into politics and you see Republicans and you see how wishy-washy they are and how spineless they could be, um, and, and you know, and the other part about it is this: is that, well, yeah, it's it's that it's that. But the other part is is that I think a lot of the church is not willing to get their own hands dirty, but they want the politicians to do that. So they're considering, you know, though we can be upset that they're worried about their jobs, you know, when's the last time a lot of people have been at the clinics? When's the last time these people have, you know, been praying about this issue? You know, there's a, there's a lot of work that can be done before we even hit political, because when you, that's, this is why, when the church wakes up to this, then they will know that they're out of a job if they are not abolitionists. They understand that they're, they're going to re, be removed. But until the church wakes up, it's actually in our lap. Uh, and this is why we exist. We exist to try to wake up the body and then, so that when we approach the politicians, we just let them know this is, this is what it is. And if you're not going to be it, then when you, this fakeness will be exposed. So, Well, you know, I think another problem with it too, Chris, is, okay, so the t- statistics say one out of three women have had an abortion. So when you're looking around in your congregation, and I'm speaking to these pastors that are listening, when you're looking around at your congregation, you remember one out of three have already had an abortion, and when are you going to start talking about it so they can be set free from it? And once they're set free, then, they, then they're willing to get up and want to go do something about it. But while they're hiding behind the shame and everything else, they don't want to do anything. Right. Yeah. No, no, I've I've seen that. I see that a lot of times. It's sad. I see people who are very close uh, to me. There's some people, and they're on fire for Jesus. But all of a sudden, when it comes to this topic, they just seem to draw back. And it's because you know, yeah, they know in their mind that Jesus forgave them, but they never really dealt with it. And in, you know, you can get up. You, you at your regular Sunday service, you can hear people go, you know, if you, you know, if you did drugs or if you done this or if you've done that god will forgive you but no one ever why is it not part of our lingo if you had an abortion if you killed somebody if you were part of abortion that's never on the pastor's lips when he's doing, doing an altar call or he's doing the time of you know come get healing from jesus 
And so pastors are scared of it too. So it's just it's this whole web the enemy has us in. But luckily, you know, I feel like the Lord is saying he's had enough of it. He's rising up his people. Uh, you said it in the prayer coming in that, you know, um, that this is a generation of, of, of abolition, that we're going to see the end of abortion. And I believe the time is now. And, I, you know, if anybody wants to support what we're doing, all hands on deckmedia.com. Check where we're going now. We're asking that you, you know, start up your prayer groups. You go to the clinic, get loud. Uh, you begin to demand the abolition of abortion. And I believe it's, it's going to happen very soon. The Lord says this can happen overnight. He's got, he's got to, he can just, he can flip it over in a day. Um, so we're, you know, we're laboring and we're believing for a miracle. And we believe just like, you know, the, the people said it was impossible for slavery to be abolished. We know that, you know, abortion can be abolished just, just as much, you know. Well, I, I like what I heard you say on another show about how slavery, how, you know, they finally said that over the Supreme Court, forget it. You know, you, you guys were wrong, and, and uh, that's how they went about it. The, you know, the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> you know, um, Jane Roe, Norma um, McCorvey, which, by the way, she never had an abortion. You know, they just used her. They just used her for the whole thing. Well, she went back. You know, she ended up, uh, Flip Benham ended up leading her to the Lord. She went back several times to the Supreme Court to try to get it overthrown, and, and they, they wouldn't have anything to do with it. So they really don't, they really didn't care about her for nothing but using her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, at this point, if it's not evident that the, the, that industry is about money, then I don't know what to say to people. I mean, you see the selling baby potty parts, and if you if if and it has to come to a place, you guys, anyone that's listening, that you're going to be held accountable, you know, before God, and you know, what like what did you do? What did what did we do in this time? You know, we can't stand before God and say, look at these souls I want, and look at this and that. But we're we literally in, we're living in a generation where three thousand babies are dying a day. There's no more excuses. We have to begin to demand from our pastors to talk about this. We have to begin demand from our leaders. We have to get involved, even in the smallest way. It is it is time. This industry is they're they're out of the closet. They're naked. It's clear that they're about money. They clear they don't care about women. It clear it's clear that the Republican Party for a lot of, for a lot of them just want to pander to you. And the, the hope I have is this, is when I was part of some campaigns this past summer doing some door knocking, there are people out there that won't vote for a Republican or a Democrat if they're not pro-life. And the ranking style of millions are just looking for somebody to activate it, are just trying to figure out, you know, trying to, what is the solution? And I think that if we, you know, if we give them these four steps, you know, we just finished our book. We just finished writing it. We got very, hopefully in a week or two we get it out. Um, but as people wake up, say, okay, this is how it's done. Um, then even the, when the rank and file rises up, then it's, uh, it's over. It's over in a day. <laughs> you know, um, I, I want to go back and say something about the pro-abortion movement and stuff, which has not seemed to ever go anywhere. And, and one of the reasons is, okay, well, let's talk about the, the pharmacy you know, uh, as as a whole, if, if a cure came up for cancer or a cure came up for diabetes, you would never see that cure hit the market. And why? Because they're making too much money on all the the you know the the medical stuff they have for diabetes or all the medical stuff they have for. So they're not going to release a cure, and it's the same thing 
with what we've seen over the years with Planned Parenthood, they're they're making too much money to let their cash cow go. You know, which is sad because they will stand before God. You know, they mm-hmm. will, and, and if they don't repent and turn and start, you know, hey, it's time to get rid of abortion. You know, it's time to end this. You know, Absolutely. they will stand before God. I mean, and you know what? I, I want to bring to a big picture thing right now is that you know Jesus is coming back. You know, and and you know anytime uh, that a big shift is going on, the enemy destroys children. We saw it in Moses' day, uh, and we saw it in in Jesus in Jesus's day, how they murdered all those babies. And this is the enemy trying to prevent. God's inheritance to enter the earth, God's end-time messengers um, touching the ground and being used, you know, being used for him. And this is the time, are we going to, you know, are we going to fight for the unborn? Are we going to fight for ones who can't pay us back? Are we going to spend our reputations, our our influence? I've had people mock me, like, oh, that's not a good look for you. It's, it's silliness. It's like, so what's going to be a good, like you said, who's going to be a good look when we stand before the Lord? I mean, do you understand? <laughs> do you understand? Um, you know, what's on this generation? I, and I call it like the the dragon of abortion. I, I liken it to the uh, the uh, Hobbit movie, and and it, it's time that we come, we 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 go back and we destroy this dragon, and we get and take back our inheritance, which are which are the the the, the children. You know, I mean, in Malachi four, he says he's calling the fathers uh, back to the children, children to the fathers. So this is a time, man and women, but man, we need to rise up and say, you know what? I'm going to lay it all down for this. If I got to be that guy, I'll be that guy. It matters not. How can I sit back and count anything victory if I'm not, if I'm not willing to lay down everything to save, to save these lives? And I believe that God's opened a door. He's given us an open door. But if that door closes, this nation will be judged. This nation will be judged harshly and we'll lose everything. So what you hold dear, <laughs> even that will be taken away from you um, because you're scared to go fight because of what you'll look like and the fear, you know, and the fear that you'll, you know, what you'll lose and friends you'll lose. But, hey, you know, anyway, I could keep going. But one thing I would say is, like, the Lord is righteous in his judgment. If the Lord judged America today and took my sons away from me, I couldn't get angry with them because it's, because it's righteous. I live amongst the people that kill babies every day. Like, I can't be mad. Like, I, he has a perfect right to judge us harshly. And, I, and so for the sake of my own children, I mean, they could get drafted in the war in a minute um, and, and be taken away because of this issue. So, you know, your, our whole lives and way of being is, is, is hinged on this. And, and then the return of Christ is. I think it's time for us to prepare the way for the Lord and end an abortion is that. Well, Chris, there's also a, a mindset and first of all, the mindset has to, the people have to realize that the Bible says, blessed is the man that has a quiver of them. Yep. But we've come to that mentality of, oh my gosh, these kids are so expensive. One, maybe, you know, like in China, the one, the one syndrome type of thing. Or, oh, let's just have two. It's perfect. You know, a female and a male, and we're perfect. But the Bible says, blessed is the man who has a quiver of them. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not coming in the perfect timing, okay? Well, maybe you think you don't have the finances, but it goes back to God said he supplies all your needs. And therefore, 
um, you know, if we have statistic-wise that most of these are happening at 19 years old, yes, maybe it's not the perfect time, but, you know, if your mother didn't give, didn't birth you, you wouldn't be even having the opportunity to go to college or anything right now. So just give this child the opportunity to, like you were mentioning, to fulfill its destiny and then go about. Maybe it's not time for you to raise a child, but somebody else will. Well, you know, my mother was so, she was 19, 20-ish, and she got pregnant with me, and uh, and my grandmother told her to abort me. And, you know, growing up, I would have never known that. I was pretty much her favorite. But it just it just speaks on, you know, the selfishness we have that parents can have with their kids and what they think their kid life should be and what, you know, parents, but, you know, and, not, and then what, you know, the, the child, the child, the adult child could act like, or even the child. And, you know, it's a very me-focused group of people, and we have to begin, like you're saying, to know, to, to you know, look towards the, the human being, look towards the, you know, is it, yes, this may not be convenient, but I tell the guys coming in, I say, but you wasn't complaining when you were humping. I said, you were doing all that? He, he laughed because they're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you were humping and you was all, now, and now the baby got to die because you ain't ready? Really? Really? <laughs> you know, and so, you know, you be responsible, you know, be be responsible. And I get it. I was young, and I don't know if my where my opinion exactly was with abortion. I don't know if that ever really came up in, in the sense of girls and stuff like that. But, you know, I get that immaturity. But, you know, this is what happens when you have legal murder. You know, a lot of these people would not be murdering their babies in abortion clinics if it wasn't legal. You know, but the laws of the land does bring a, a level of discipleship to the people, you know, a tutoring to the people. You know, the fact that, you know, you, if it was legal to murder, like, you know, people in the streets, you'll see it a lot more. But the fact it's not, people know it's, people are trained and know it's not wrong, even though we all know it on our conscience. I hope that makes sense. But. You know, I've been doing some studying on the Planned Parenthood, and uh, a big majority of them have had abortions themselves, you know? And so, uh, the, you know, one of the things, we need to speak to them and say, hey, you know what, there is forgiveness for you, you know, and it's, it's your forgiveness is not going to come from you working in an abortion clinic. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it just the cycle just kind of continues. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's the it's the hour, man. It's the hour. It's just the time is this. There's a God's on the move. He's a lion. He's ready to devour this this issue. Uh, I'm just pleading with anyone while listening to it. Just have an opinion against it is not enough. You know, are you you know personally ask yourself to you know do something to help get yourself to pray about it more. If you got to write on your your refrigerator or on a whiteboard somewhere, wear something to remind yourself. Start going to prayer meetings uh, more. And be, bring it up, bring it up, start praying with friends and family, pray at your church about this issue, go to the clinic, let your creative juices flow, let God breathe on you and what he's created you to get loud. And as we do this, as we all collectively raise our voices in different ways, this will come to, to an end and we have to say now, abolish it now, and there's no, no exceptions, no excuses. So the solution, is, uh, the solution is before us, victory is before us, the 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 quiet the, the the you know the thing I'm asking is are people going to answer it like you said in the 
in the beginning, you know, all hands on deck. It's, it's time. Like, everyone needs to come. The ship, the Leviathan is there. You know, the sea monster's there. The dragon's there. And, you know, we need everyone right now to, to pull out their spears and throw and start going at this thing. Uh, if we all just remain silent and just point to the politician or blame, blame the Democrats, <laughs> which, uh, a side note, let me tell you, it's not the Democrats' fault this remains legal. Literally, it's not the pro-abortion lobby. It's not Planned Parenthood. It's the church. We have to rise up. When we rise up, this thing is dealt with in a, in a day, really. So, Well, Chris, if anybody out there listening feels like this is not affecting them in the way they think they should be, maybe their heart is calloused, then just ask the Lord now to give you his heart. That's right. That's right. No, that's that's perfectly. And if I could just add to that, I mean, that's where why I say start in prayer. Like, I you know my friends know me that I didn't. I wasn't walking around talking about abortion all these years. But when I began to cry out for kids, God's like, okay, well, what about the other kids? They're killing your kids before they get to you, Chris. You're apathetic. Come on, repent from this and and and, and so we labor in God. I said, God, I told my friend that the other day. He's a pastor. He's a you know one of the pastors at a mega church. And I had him to my office, and I was telling him, hey, man, I need your resources. I need your help. And he's like, he's kind of apathetic. And I'm like, and I looked at him. I said, boy, bro, you need to see that you're poor and see that you're naked and begin to buy gold. And he, his eyes got big because that was the scripture verse God gave him that morning to memorize. <laughs> he's like, what the heck just happened there? Wow. And he's like, we have to. And that's okay. God's inviting us to a, a glorious thing. If we could just see, you know what, God, my heart isn't there. And you begin to pray because let me tell you this, if you're willing to hear me out for this dream real quick. My wife one time had a dream, and the dream was, uh, you know, I'm going to just assume you guys are familiar with the movie Hunger Games. And, the, and it was like a Hunger Games setting, and these women were killing each, killing each other, and they were pregnant. And some of the women wanted to keep their babies, and they were, you know, stabbing each other and killing each other. And God was in the command center, and each time a baby got stabbed, um, part of his body caught on fire and, and he, he was screaming in agony. So it got to a place where all the babies kept getting murdered and women that his whole body is on fire and Jesus is screaming and he gets on the intercom and kind of like hungry and they could change the games, the rules of the game in the middle of the game. He goes, I'm changing the rules of the game. Every baby you kill now goes to hell. Now I, I apologize for a second just for that, but, the interpretation we, we the interpretation we got from that was this. That's not a literal thing, like they're literally going to hell. He's saying, Christians, your mindset has to change. Some of you guys are thinking, well, you know, their babies are going to heaven, so what's the big deal? Like, you know, yeah, we don't like it, but they're before God. God's like, pretend they're going to hell. How about that? If, if, if it helps you, if it helps you to get, kind of get passionate, pretend every baby's going to hell. Would you fight? Would you fight for the for them if that was going on? I mean, God's skin is creative. I'm <laughs> trying to communicate to us: wake up out of our apathy, and and we all we all have it. I'm at the abortion clinic, and I and I'm sitting there thinking about what I'm going to eat when I leave. And God's like, son, um, somebody's being murdered right now. Uh, I'm like, oh yeah. Can you connect with my heart? So even you could be at the clinic and still apathetic. And so we have to begin to get delivered from this 44 years of abortion in our midst and connect with his heart. Yeah, and, and you know, the numbers, the numbers lie. There are so many more abortions going on that people don't realize. 
I mean, I, I did a little research on where you live, and there was like 157 clinics, and that's including the, the hospitals and the doctors and, you know, where you could have an abortion. And in any of those clinics, any time of the day, there's somewhere between 20 and 30 people going through them. That's a lot of people. Well, yeah, it's, uh, well, we have a lot of clinics, a lot of them. We've got about five of them that do abortions. But you're right about the not the amount of numbers. The, the, the number is about twenty to thirty a day that are murdered in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, okay, so yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. I, I work I work in surgery, and the hospitals that are doing the abortions, they just they change the name, and they they usually call it VIP, voluntary interruption of pregnancy, so that way nobody knows they're doing an abortion. Hmm. So it's it's going on a lot more than you think it is. Wow. Well, that's news to me, then, <laughs> on that level. Wow, that's crazy, yeah. And so we, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a, a, a larger cry. It's going to take for every man, woman, and child. We've got we've to gotta back like today, like it's the last day. And, I, you know, I know that we've been going for a while, so I won't hold you too longer. But, I, you know, one, one of the things <laughs> that really God spoke to me, he speaks to me through movies a lot, as you see, I've already referenced two of them. The last one I'll reference is the Horton Hears a Who movie. And, you know, nine months before the Lord spoke to me about All Hands on Deck, I had a dream about running for the mayor of Minneapolis. And it was a group of people saying to run for mayor. Now, probably just like you, I've never thought that. Like, that never even crossed my mind ever, you know. So I knew it was from God. And I was like, okay, God. Like, And I knew in the dream I was running for mayor in abortion before I even was passionate, super passionate about it. And later on, when I watched Horton Hears a Who, you know, I'll just, uh, I'm just going to assume most people know what the movie is. You know, it's about an elephant who finds a speck, and the speck has a town that lives in it that's super small. No one can see it, but Horton can hear it. And Horton is protecting this speck, and he's saying a person to person, no matter how small, because people think Horton's crazy for, for talking to this speck, you know. And then Horton is speaking to the speck, and he's talking to the mayor of Whoville who at the climax of the book, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read this uh, very old Dr. Seuss book, but at the very end of the book, he, the, who, the, the, the mayor has to get the whole town to raise their voices up and say, we are here, we are here. And so that's just the hour that I think we're in, that it's time for us to stop our busy lives and to really raise them up and say, God, we are here, we are here, in abortion now, in abortion now, in abortion now, every politician and man, I, I'm excited. And the fact that I'm on the phone with you, I'm excited. I think God is opening doors. And you prayed that actually in the very beginning before we went, we went on recording that doors are opening and God is blessing us and we're, we're hoping all hands on deck. We can help lead the charge uh, because, you know, and it's not even, the last thing I'll say, I know I've been going, but the last thing I'll say is not, it's, not, it's not even that, but it's even IVF and uh, in, in vitro fertilization. Um, I had a dream about that, and my son was frozen, and God's heart for even the frozen babies, um, the frozen embryos. So we, there's a whole school of this thing that God is trying to deal with, and, uh, but we have the power. We have the resource. We are the people of God. We have the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's it. That's all we need. And if, if any less is disproven how we're not, I don't know. I mean, I hate to say we're not truly his, but we must not be a real... If we can't end abortion, then what's the witness of the church? I mean, I mean, my God, if we can't, if we can't stop killing babies legally as a society, then I don't. I mean, 
already know. Guys, beat me up, Lord. I just I just leave now. So Wow. Well do you have any more questions, Julie? No, I just wanted to tell them thank you so much for coming on and uh uh seek ye first the kingdom, everybody out there. Obviously you can hear we need to be praying more. And mm-hmm. and Chris you know, we'd we'd love to have you back sometime and do do an update on on you know what's going on and stuff. Um, maybe you should just pray over these people listening that that God would would uh, open their hearts so they can see this through Him. You know, that so they can have the compassion that He has for these babies. Amen. Thank you for that opportunity, Father. I just I pray in the name of Yeshua, Lord, that you begin to grip our hearts what will break your heart, Father. Lord, that you begin to speak to us in dreams and visions and through the day, Lord, that we will begin to pray and ask you, how do you feel, God? What, how do you feel about the issue of child sacrifice, God? What is on your mind so we can connect with that, God? We ask, we repent of our apathy. We know that we have it. And we ask, Lord, that you begin to just breathe on it, God. Begin to peel the layers back of our hearts, God. Begin to release that cry. Lord, when's the last time we shed tears for this, God? We need to cry. So, God, begin to... Um, just waking our hearts, God, in the place of intercession, God. Give us courage to go to the clinic. Give us courage to just be there and worship and pray, God, to be a witness, to be, uh, to be you, God. The pleading, like in Proverbs, you say, hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter, innocently stumbling to the slaughter. And, Lord, I pray that we will rise up in our gifts. I pray that every person will, will see their gifting, if it's writing letters, if it's singing a song, um, if it's just calling their path, whatever their gifting is, God, whatever their platform, that they begin to say, you know what? Forget the haters. I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna do what the Lord's saying. And Father God, raise up a thunderous cry in the church this hour to every politician, to President Trump, um, that abortion needs to end now. No longer. We will no longer compromise with this evil in our land. No longer. Thank you, Lord. Raise up your army in Jesus' name, Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank well, you, Jesus. I- I thank you for coming on, Chris, and I will definitely I'll attach you all your information onto the uh, shows so that way they can get back to you. Uh, if they Amen. have any questions or if they want to support you and all that, they they'll they'll you know I'll have your information on there. So again, I'll just say allhandsondeckmedia.com, allhandsondeckmedia.com, and message us. And uh, yeah, we got a book coming out pretty soon. We're super pumped about that. We're kind of you know super pumped about that. It should be a week or two. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having uh, having us on, and uh, I mean, you know, having me on. I just said, just uh, bless you and everything, man, that you're doing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it, Chris. And we'll talk soon. All right. God bless. God bless you. Bye bye.